Guys, you guys know this track. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And the very next day, you give it away. We're not singers, that's for sure. <laughs> Anyways, as you know, this is Down to the Wire. And I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Mr. Speedy PD and Mr. Stevie O, sitting right next to me. As you guys know, you can call us at one 877 And remember... You can follow us by going to our website, by going to WorldWideSportsRadio.com. You can follow out all our shows. Shout out to our wonderful, beautiful co-host and host of the Third and Long Show, Miss Katie Hepburn, who had a great show today with Speedy PD. It was a great analytic show. Yes, analytic show, something that analytic. the beef does not like. As you guys know, you can follow us on Periscope, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Radio.com, TuneIn Radio, and all over the world. Thank you. For listening to our shows. Are you ready? Yes. You ready for me to put it on? Go ahead. Put it on, Speedy. Look at that beautiful. Look at that. Look at that, fans. Look at that, fans. You you see, Speedy, Speedy. It's actually not as uncomfortable under the headset as I, or over the headset as. It I does thought. look a little weird on your head. It does. Well, it, it I, makes you sure it would on air. <laughs> make sure. But I, I, I decided your, to do it. I decided to do it. It makes it. your head wider. Okay. It is like a wide. You're like an eggplant head. <laughs> eggplant. Head. An eggplant head. That's what you have. There's a new one. It's a well, heck of a hat. Yes, it is. So I'm going to be here <laughs> for... loves it. Yes, I, I do. I love the hat. I think it's really, really funny. I would never wear that hat, by the way. But um, You would if we, next time we make a bet and you lose. Well, I'm not wearing that hat anyway. So anyways. <laughs> anyways, we're going to have a lot to talk about. And I'm only going to be here for an hour of the show. And then Steve and Mr. Speedy Petey will be taking over the rest of the show. As you guys know, we are here every single Monday. And in the new year, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, from 6.30 to 8.30... PM. So definitely check that. Check us out throughout the social media markets. If you guys miss any one of our shows, you can check out our replays by going to our social medias and our website. Anyways, the first topic I really want to get into, and I, I really don't have to. I, I really don't have enough time to get into what happened to me today on the road. So I'm going to leave that for another day. But I want to get into this Eli Manning segment, and I know a lot of fans, a lot of Giant fans. there's a love and hate relationship with Eli Manning. Eli Manning has won two Super Bowls. He's had two Super Bowl MVPs for the New York Giants and one of the probable uh, comebacks I've ever seen um, a quarterback have throughout the regular season go into the playoffs the way he did and win 
Super Bowls in 2007 and 2011 was absolutely remarkable. And, and, and one of the best uh, runs I've ever seen a quarterback have in, in, a, in really a five-year span. But a lot of fans take shots at Eli because of what he's done and what he has not done in the last three or four years for the New York Giants organization. Eli Manning has not had an offensive line in front of him for over six or seven years. From the O'Haras of the world and, and some of the great linemen he has had in front of him over the oh, years. Oh, yeah, that 07 line was yes. great. David Deal, Rich Seibert, mm-hmm. Sean O'Hara, Chris Snee, Kareem McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Not much better than that. They haven't sniffed anything close to that. Not even close. And even looking at the wide receiving core that the the Giants have had over the last couple of years, and I know a lot of people are going to say Odell Beckham, he's a great wide receiver, one of the great wide receivers in the league right now. Odell Beckham has done nothing and has gone nowhere with the New York Giants. He went to one playoff game, and he got knocked out in the first round with the Green Bay Packers when Eli Manning had five passes to him, and he dropped four out of the five, actually three out of the five passes. Right. So after the infamous boat ca- trip, yeah, had to get two catches, twenty three yards. Yes, in that game. and he had five uh, five thrown thrown to right. him. But he didn't need to wear sleeves in the uh, pregame warmups <laughs> exactly. to show that he could stand the cold. Yes, you can't blame Eli Manning over the last couple of years of where the Giants have been with the the Brown situation, the kicker. Uh, the coaching situation with this organization ever since they got rid of Tom Coughlin, who was one of the reasons why Eli Manning was there with the New York Giants in that organization. Wait, so Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer Pat weren't Shermer. good coaches? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you look at Eli's career, it's absolutely a Hall, of Fame, a Hall of Fame career. Now, I know a lot of people will say, well... He really, if you look at his career as a New York Giant, he's been a New York Giant quarterback for what? 14, 15 years. He's only made the playoffs six or seven out of the 14 years, and he won two Super Bowls. In a high parity NFC. Yes. <laughs> if you look at those two Super Bowls, that's all you have to look at with Eli Manning's career and where Eli Manning is going to be in the future as a Hall of Fame player. Now, am I an Eli Manning fan? No. There are a lot of Eli Manning fans out there, and there are a lot of Eli Manning fans that out there that are haters of Eli Manning and what he has done in his career. Fans that are haters? Yes, fans. I'm talking about giant fans yeah. that hate that Eli hate. Manning. Oh, I, saw, I, I saw a tweet earlier. It's sad that there's more Dolphins and Eagles fans that respect Eli Manning than some Giants fans. <laughs> but what Eli Manning has done in his career for the New York Giants organization, he's not only the greatest quarterback the Giants have ever had, He's one of the great quarterbacks of our era. This is a guy that played every game. Every game except one, thanks to Ben McAdoo. (laughs) This is a guy that has played hurt. This is a guy that played practically getting beaten up in the 49ers NFC title game and won that game against the 49ers, the great San Francisco 49er team that everybody thought was going to win the Super Bowl that year. He took a beating in that game. Yes, he did. It is absolutely remarkable what Eli Manning has done for his career and what he has taken, uh, not only from the Giant fans, from fans all around the country, thinking that he was not a good quarterback, that he was overrated, overpaid, and really was nothing, you can't compare him anywhere close to what his brother was. And I can honestly say he's nothing close to what his brother was because Peyton Manning is one of the top five quarterbacks to ever play the game. 
But what he did do that Peyton Manning did not do was win two Super Bowl MVPs. And only, true. Yeah. only five, or I think it's five or six quarterbacks has ever done that. And you look at Eli Manning, you look at his numbers, yards thrown. I mean, he's, I think he's fourth in his career. I think he's seventh, I believe. Is it, for, is it seventh? seventh? I yeah. think it's fourth. Go look that up. But he's one of the top when it comes to yards. He's, he, every single statistic for a quarterback that Giants have ever had, he's broken every single statistic. Not the, much competition there, though. No, the Giants have won four Super Bowls. He won two out of the four. It's basically him and Phil Simms. And right? Hostetler. Hostetler uh, won yeah. uh, one of them, too. Right, right. Yeah, he's but he seventh. Was... Drew Brees won Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Phil Rivers above him. Oh. What he has done for the New York Giants organization, and by the way, he demanded after the Chargers drafted him that he wanted out, out, wanted out from San Diego. Smart move. No, I don't know about that. I mean, San Diego's been successful with Phillip Rivers. They never won a Super Bowl. Right. But they, they were a good team, a good organization. The Chargers had run. talent. The problem is they were always, like I've said many times, they crumble in close games all the time. And then you had Rivers. The one year they probably could have won the Super yes. Bowl, he was playing with a torn ACL, basically. Yep. But what Eli Manning has done for the New York Giants organization and where he has been and where he has taken this organization to higher heights in the last 15 years has been absolutely remarkable. And he deserved yesterday's crowd-pleasing announcement after Shermer took him off in the fourth quarter. I mean, not too many guys get to go out that way. No. Nope. I mean, that was unbelievable. You couldn't write a better ending. I mean, assuming that that was the last time that he's going to start as the Giants quarterback, but you know, we'll see. But you couldn't write a better ending to that. Well, the last time he'll be a starting quarterback for the Giants at home. And so, I, I think he will play right. next week. And, I, and I, I do think he'll finish the season as a starting quarterback of this team. Have they I, announced Well, they yet? have one more home game yes. in Week 17. Oh, so we might. Oh, yeah. So they do have one more game. Yep. So it might not be Eli Manning. It might be Eli Manning. I don't know if Daniel Jones is coming back. Yeah. But nevertheless, uh, the crowd-pleasing chance of Eli Manning, we love you, uh, he absolutely deserved and even me, who is not an Eli Manning fan, never was an Eli Manning fan, and wasn't very high in Eli Manning when he was drafted, you have to sit there and even as a, not even a fan of the New York Giants, actually shed a tear because you watched him walk off the field when he grabbed his daughter and he walked into the tunnel. And that might be the last time you see him wear a Giants uniform. Now, is it the last time you're going to see Eli Manning play a professional football game? I don't think so. I think somebody will give him a chance to be a backup, or maybe if there's injuries in the offseason, be a starting quarterback for that organization for that particular year. The problem is the biggest chance he had of doing that because somewhere else was Jacksonville, but now they've had a lot of money invested in their quarterbacks, so I don't know. I look at what the Manning family has done for football, for the NFL, with uh, Peyton and Archie and Eli and even Cooper who never played an NFL game. I think they have taken, you know, first of all, they've helped with um, commercials and, and development of bringing in revenue for, for the NFL. 
They've helped the NFL do that. They, Peyton Manning's on every single commercial. <laughs> he's still doing commercials. And, and he's, mean, he's been the face of football for years, and he still is kind of the face, uh, the face of the NFL. I mean, he's the guy to go to if you need a Papa John pizza. Not anymore. Well, Papa John's <laughs> is done. You know, I, I think Papa John's pretty much fired there. their owner. I mean, <laughs> seriously. But it, was, it, it is an, a remarkable career for Eli Manning and where he has taken this organization to higher heights in 2007 and 2011. You can only, you can only thank him for what he has done for that organization. Yeah, and a lot of people will say, well, he was a very lucky quarterback. He made a lot of lucky throws. Hey, listen, I don't care how lucky you are of winning a Super Bowl. When you win two Super Bowls in five years and two Super Bowl MVPs, that's not luck. That's not luck. That's a guy that can stand in the pocket when all millions and millions of people are watching him and make the throws, make the passes, make the plays. And that was Eli Manning. We have a first caller of the day. Welcome to Down to the Wire. Who are we speaking to? Robbie Anderson Radio. What's up, my man? I knew you were going to call. What's up, man? Uh, buddy. I heard you throw in there a shot at Ben McAdoo, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he started every game, all except for one, thanks to Ben McAdoo. Mm-hmm. But it, it, and, and Eli's had a great career. I'm not saying Eli hasn't had a great career or isn't a great quarterback. But don't you got to give Ben McAdoo some credit for doing what no one else would want to do? He, he saw it coming, and he tried to, pre, you know, preemptively, uh, you know, get another quarterback in and, there. Like, and he did it with Geno Smith. <laughs> I realize it's popular to crap on Ben McAdoo. But he tried to do the right thing. Eli, these last couple of years, has really stunk. I would agree with you in, in the fact that the last three or four years, Eli Manning was not the same Eli Manning we saw uh, before that with Tom Coughlin. I think it's completely changing. But if you look at his numbers with Ben McAdoo, uh, he had probably the one season. Well, the one se- first season. Yeah, they yeah. went. Didn't they go 11 and 5 that yeah. first season? His first, Eli Manning's numbers were pretty good. And even it, with Ben McAdoo as the offensive coordinator, they were very good. His yeah, numbers yeah. were the best. He's been a statue. He's been a statue back there these last couple of years. He can't move. He can't get out of the way of a rush. Like, he's just a target back there. And McAdoo wanted, you know, listen, there, there aren't, you're not going to find a, a Eli Manning growing on a tree somewhere where you can just go get another quarterback. But, it's you know, he wasn't good these last couple of years. He was a statue. And you've got to be able to move a little bit to help your offensive line. I agree with you. But, again... That doesn't take away uh, how bad Ben McAdoo was his last season. Are you trying to justify the fact that, that Ben McAdoo ended the streak for Geno Smith? I mean, it's one thing if you had a Daniel Jones waiting in the, in the, in the midst. Right, but, right. I mean, Geno Smith? Come on. I mean, you've got you to gotta find out what you have, though. You know what I'm saying? I like, think I'm we knew what Geno Smith, Smith was at that I'm point. I'm not saying Geno Smith was any good at all. I'm not saying that. But you've got to find out what you have going forward. And he did it at a time where the giant season was reach of making the playoffs. What's wrong with the coach making that move and trying to find out what he has going forward and evaluating his players? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The premise, no, there's nothing wrong with that. But when, when your, your options are Geno Smith and, and who else did they have? Was Davis, Ka- Webb. Davis, Davis Webb. Davis Webb, yeah. was a third-round uh, pick. That's where I, I see the flaw in, in the, the logic there. Listen, I understand that, but you've got to find out what you're working with. And the fact remains, everyone can crap on Ben McAdoo. Oh, he ended the streak. Ben McAdoo saw it coming and tried to put a plan in place to 
do what, you know, Dallas had done, kind of rebuilding on the fly a little bit, you know, and do what some of these other teams do. And truthfully, I don't feel like the organization supported McAdoo. Right, but Dallas didn't have a choice. Romo got hurt. (laughs) Right, but you still got to find out what you have because, because Tony Romo was eventually healthy again, and they said, huh, let's stick with this Prescott kid. Well, yeah, the team was six and one. You weren't gonna. That's the go same. Away from that. That's the same coach that everybody says stinks, and he's a terrible coach, which I don't understand. I, and you would agree with I, me that Jason Garrett is not as bad as everybody says he is. I'm, I don't know if I can be on board there, Robbie Anderson Radio. That's, well, that's pretty out there. I mean, well, listen, I've said this before too. Like Bill, you know, like Bill Belichick takes uh, Malcolm Butler working at Popeyes, and and. And Chris Hogan, who was a lacrosse player. We're not bringing Bill Belichick into this conversation. We're not even talking about Belichick. No, 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 no. This is the comparison I would make. People say Belichick, oh, he does the most with very little. I would say this about Jason Garrett. He's done the least with the most. Oh, I went through through their roster this year. You're going to honestly tell me they have a bunch of superstar players on that team? Demarcus Lawrence, Michael Bennett. They have good players. Every team has good players, man. We've said this. I've, I've, I've looked at some of the players. They have 56 players on a team. I would say 12 or 13 are, are players that you are great players. The rest of the team stinks. They stink. Yeah. That's a lot no, of right. good no, players. I, I agree 12 out of 56? No. I mean, if you go to the yeah, Patriots, go to the Patriots, go to the Patriots roster, even with the, the weak offense that they have this year. Uh, the Patriots have about 20, 22, 23 players on their team. Out of Probably half their roster are good players compared to the other half. You go over there with the Cowboys, there's 12, 11, 11 guys that are good. I mean, but here's the difference from what you're going to do. Cause, dude, I know the Patriots roster inside and out. They, they have a couple of high-paid guys. Dude, the Cowboys have a ton of high-paid guys. They have the highest paid That's not Jason Garrett's fault. That's not Jason Garrett's fault. No, that's not what I'm saying, but they have a ton of really good players that have made Pro Bowls. Everyone on that offensive line is basically a Pro Bowler, right? Like, you can't say that about the Patriots roster. Jason Garrett does the least with the most. Okay, so you say everybody on that offensive line is a Pro Bowler. That's what you said, right? When was the last? Besides Martin, besides Martin, who was the last person to make the Pro Bowl on that line? When was Frederick? Frederick hasn't made the Pro Bowl in two years because he hasn't played in two years. I mean, Frederick is there. Yeah, so is. Yeah, yeah, then. Yeah, years ago. Years ago. I mean, these guys. Last year. Didn't Lyle Collins make it last year? Did Collins make the. uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he did. I don't think. I think Martin was the only person on that offensive line that's made. What about their left tackle, that Tyree Smith? Nope. He didn't make it last year. He was hurt last year. He was hurt the year before that, too. Yeah. He hasn't hasn't made the Pro Bowl. So you're talking about the pass. I'm talking about now. Right now. This team is not good. And this guy is 7-7, seven and seven, has a chance to win the division in a very bad division, but nevertheless. No, by default. No, but, Lyle Collins did not make the Pro Bowl. No. They're, they don't have the talent you make it out to be. They, they don't have the talent anymore. They don't. They're old. This is an old team. A bunch of overrated players. They got to yeah, I mean, they might be a little overrated. Amari Cooper's not probably a true number one. He's not. But he's a number one. I'm not, he's right, a number I'm one. He he's not a great number one. He's he had a, a really one. good season last year. He had a really good I Cowboy stint last year. But yeah. they need to figure out how to put guys around them that are a little better. You know, Randall Cobb and Michael Gallup ain't again, done. Again, is that Jason Garrett's fault? Well, no. you know, I mean, but it's he not. still has... It's uh, Jerry Jones. Jerry, but he still has premier players. Look at any other team out there. 
there, there are a bunch of teams that don't have Amari Coopers and Zeke Elliott's that, that are doing better. Really? Give me a team that doesn't have a player of that magnitude. Patriots. The Patriots do have a player of that magnitude. Who? The Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman went healthy. Julian Edelman is a great player, and I wanted to. I've said this, and I've said this. He's the reigning Super Bowl MVP. He's a Hall of Famer. Hold on, Hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what you just did to me when I said Got I have Pro Bowlers. Got right? Not this year. Not this we're year. About this Absolutely. Year. Not this year. All right, all right. Not this year, and that's why their offense stinks. Well, that in their offensive line is probably the worst in football. Dude, we were starting. No, the, the Jets, the Jets' offensive line is the worst in football. The Please. Patriots' law, offensive line is bad for them. They're yes. still average in comparison to the rest of the league. I mean, the Jets' offensive line is terrible. They're horrendous. So, I, I mean, right, but but I'm just telling you, the Patriots don't have any of that. What you I'm trying, what I'm like, but there are teams out there that have talents. They, they were, every single team in the NFL has talent. They do. They have talent. To sit there and say that they don't is ridiculous. The Jets, the Jets have talent. They got a lot of talent. What, All injured. You're All injured. Jamal Adams is talented. C.J. Mosley is talented. They've got talented players. Avery Williamson is talented. Sam Donald is talented. What are you talking about? They're running back. Le'Veon Bell is talented. They've got talent. It's not that not they don't have year. talent. They not have talent. Year. The fact Again, is, it's, you're throwing Avery Williamson in there. He didn't play a single No, he didn't. Before. No, he didn't, but he's talented. And, and I'm telling you right now, there are NFL teams just like the Cowboys have just as much talent. To sit here and tell me that Jason Garrett has had talented, talented pro ball teams, that's a lie. That is a lie. Not this year. You're right about that. Not, not for the last three years. Mm, yeah, Amari Cooper, Amari so Cooper, Dak Prescott. You're going back and, to 2016. 2016, they had a very talented team. Okay. That team was built to win, mm-hmm. and Tony Romo got hurt. And how many team, How many players made the Pro Bowl that year? I, I couldn't tell you off the top three, of my head, but three, that, that was a really talented team. I think team. it were three Pro Bowl players that made the Pro Bowl. And I'm not talking about Dak Prescott, because at the time that Dak Prescott, he got in. He got in because he won. He, he, he got, first of all, he won the Rookie of the Year, which I baked to differ on that. I thought it was Zeke's. Zeke's. Yeah. Zeke should have won Rookie of the Year. And Dak was the pro- product of what that offensive line was right. in 2016. That was the last year that offensive line was any good. Okay? But again, that's a Jason Garrett team, right? No one does less with more. That was Five one Cowboys year. Pro Bowl. That was one year. How many times do we see Mike McCarthy go in, go into the playoffs 12 wins and not, not, not go to the Super yeah, that's Bowl? That's a good point. That's another guy. How many times? Although he did win a Super Bowl. He won a that's Super Bowl. That's, but That's because his quarterback is highly overrated. Mm, highly overrated. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Wow. Highly overrated. Uh, you, you want, you what want drugs are you on? They lost to a lot of really good defenses, though. Doesn't so. matter. No, I'm, I'm you defending you. <laughs> how highly overrated Aaron Rodgers is? How many Cumberland from behind wins does he have when trailing in the fourth quarter against teams with a 500 or better record? What does that mean, Jeff? This has nothing to do with the conversation because, that we're having right now. Put, no, Jason like, Garrett is not a bad coach. That's what I'm telling you. He's not. He is, he is, he is. not. He is not. There's, there is nothing. There is nothing that you can come up with right now that could tell me, tell you to tell me. He's won three out of four. Uh, three three two, out of seven. Two out of five. Two out of, no, 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 no. Three out of four. Years, how many years? It was two how out of five. Two, two and three in the playoffs. And again, one of those wins was also helped by a really bad okay. Call. So he's two out of <laughs> two out of five. So he's won again. How many years has he been coaching there? Since 2010, mm-hmm. and he came in the middle. Right. Of and he season. took he took on a bad team that Wade Phillips right. had. We we don't we're four not gonna, years no, no was a bad team for that team. No. Four years of that team, and he won with that team. He won with that team as bad as that team was. 
Where do you guys? Where do you guys? Where, where do you guys rank him as a coach? Jason Garrett right now is ranked out of 500 coaches in 35 years, 55th. Analytically, analytically, 55th. Is that a bad coach? I'm saying how many? How many coaches? I'm just asking you. If you have 500 coaches lined up right now, 500 coaches of the there greatest. There are 500 coaches. coaches in the league. I'm saying right now. How many coaches do you 11th, take above him? 11th. I think he's ranked 11th. Think, all right, that's fair. 11th. I think that's fair. He's a good coach. I go. To I agree a, with you. I go but... elite from one to four is elite. Five to ten is is great, and then from there, from from eleven to fifteen good. is good, and then they're mediocre after that. Gotcha. And then bad. Okay. I put Jason Garrett in good. He's a good head coach. Now, what, did I do? I think the Jets are going to win with Jason Garrett as the head coach. Probably not. But that doesn't mean that he's not a good coach. That doesn't mean that he's a good coach. I would take Jason Garrett over Adam Gase any day in the book. Any day of the book, I take Jason Garrett. All right? So I would take Jason Garrett over more than, more than a half of coaches right now in the NFL. Yeah, you said you had him at 11. I would have him at 11. I think that's, a, that's, probably, that's, that's probably right and where I would have him, And his ranking of his career as a head coach, in his career statistically and analytically, He's 55th out of 500 coaches. Or is, does that go by wins and losses? Everything. Analytically, there's all different analytics that they put together. Hmm. I went on uh, pro, um, what is it? Pro, pro prefer- football, pro football, football, football preference? preference or oh. whatever, reference. And I went One of those. Robbieanderson.com. <laughs> You're an idiot. No, pro fo- don't hit on pro football reference. They're good. <laughs> You're an idiot. That's what I could say about you. Would not be able to take over the Jets and do anything good. Like, mm. dude, okay. you can't overcome being a Jet. You just can't. Bill Belichick couldn't. Thank you for calling the show, Jeff. I appreciate it. I mean, dude, they, the Jets are. Dude, if the Jets were. Thank you, Jeff. Jets, they would be the seven thirty. Thank you, Jeff, for calling the show. We appreciate it. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Jeffrey, aka the Tubalard, Tampa. Love him. He's a pain in the ass. Love when he calls the show, but some of his takes are ridiculous. Just like as much as I could say about Guidos and Mats and even the Beavs. Their takes are ridiculous. I could give you analytic numbers. I can give you what I think, and I, you, you could tell me that he's had pro ball players and talented teams. I just told you in the last three years he hasn't had that much talent on his team, and it doesn't matter. And by the way, he was one game away from being in the Super Bowl last year. One. Two. Well, I, I, one game. Because he was he lost that game. If he got through that game and, and went, oh, would have been one more. Yeah, one more game. So yeah, they're he was. Saints, though. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Hey, look at I didn't think the Rams were going to beat the Saints, but they, they did. did. They didn't. They the refs beat the Saints. <laughs> that could have happened with the Cowboys. Yeah. Could have happened with the Cowboys. I, would the game have been that close though? I don't Who know. knows? I don't know. <laughs> Their defense was really elite last year, so we don't know. But again, nobody gives Jason Garrett uh, any credit about their elite defense last year, right? No, nobody gives anything to Jason Garrett. Oh, he's just a terrible head coach, which they have no idea what they're saying. Twenty, almost twenty games over five hundred. Analytically, is expressed and has been has been proven in every analytic that he is a top fifty-five coach of our era of of the last thirty-five, forty years. Yeah, I don't know how anybody can say he's a bad head coach. It's just a matter of where you rank him. I would rank him in, right now in the league eleven. That's where I would rank him. And to me, that's a good head coach. That's a good head coach. And I'll tell you this right now. When he does get fired from the Cowboys, he will have a job tomorrow. Well, he's not technically getting fired, right? No, he's getting fired. His his contract. They're going to fire him. They're going to let him go. They're going to let him go. To me, it's fire. It's just his contract. Whatever. If you want to say that. He's getting fired. Okay. So So he will not be a Cowboys coach. No. So, So to me... 
to me and what I see with, with what I've seen about Jason Garrett and what I've heard on this network and other people saying about Jason Garrett is complete false. It's false. That's your opinion, but your opinion doesn't change what analytics tell you that you're wrong with. And analytics tell you that Jason Garrett is a good head coach. That's what it tells you. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm so sick and tired of hearing people attack me on, on, on our text, our group text message. And I'm reading some of this stuff. There is nothing you can tell me that I'm wrong about here. If you, could pro- if you can bring up statistics to prove that I'm wrong, then that's another thing. For you to come out and tell me that he's a terrible head coach when I've come out with statistics and analytics to tell you that he's not, you are wrong. And I am right. Again, that's a ding-ding for me. Knockout for Errol Marks. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we'll go into week 15 of football, and then we'll talk a little baseball and basketball when we come back here on Down to the Wire. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Little Christmas music. Little jolly. I don't have Santa's belly. But Jeff does. So, Jeff. A little Christmas spirit. I know Snug does, too, and he's on the other line, but we'll put him through. Why don't we put Snug on right now while the music is playing? Yep. Snug! Oh, my goodness. I was just rubbing my belly. Thank you for, for calling it out. What a little Rudolph in the background, you know? I just wanted to call and wish you a Merry Christmas, Earl, and I hope that you enjoy the gifts that I sent you. I will. I, I will have a very good Christmas. And I have something getting made for you, and I'll be sending that out to you sometime. Hopefully, you'll get before Christmas as well. But you'll, you'll see the show next week before Christmas. So I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. But I did want to weigh in a little bit on the Jason Garrett controversy that continues to brew. And I just wanted to say that I think neither one of you guys are right. I think Jason Garrett is just kind of meh. He's good enough, but not good enough. Yeah, he's good. That's what I would would compare him to. Okay, here. Let's hear it. He is the new Jeff Fisher. No. No. Yes. No. Oh, my friend. No. Jeff Fisher's win percentage, 51%. I thought your career losing record. I thought Jeff. 56%. I thought Jeff Fisher had a career losing record. Okay. (laughs) No, Jeff. Fisher Jeff Fisher was very good record. with the Titans for a while. I know that. He is 173 and 165 with one tie. Okay. So he uh, was very good with the Titans, but uh, he also had some duds. Jason Garrett has a better numbers than that. Jason Garrett. Barely. Jason Garrett's Analytically, he does. 56% win, so he's 5% better on wins. And if you, look at, if you look at their numbers, if you just put them next to each other, and I would suggest going to, let's see, what's this website? Profootballreference.com. Mm-hmm. If you put them next to each other, mm-hmm. it's eight and eight, seven and nine, eight and eight, seven and nine. Then they jump up. They right. have a good year every once in a while. Twelve and four, thirteen and three. Early eight in his eight, career, eight, he had some very nine. good years with the Titans, and then that late two thousands when Vince Young first came into the league, and they had that very good defense. They were good for a while too. Well, two thousand eight Titans, thirteen. That and team three. was loaded. Yeah. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Mm-hmm. Jason Garrett is a good head coach. He's not a mediocre coach. He's a good head coach. He's a good head coach. He's good enough to keep your, your, your team going and not good enough to win a Super Bowl. Well, that's not true because there's a lot of coaches. Nobody would have thought Pete Carroll was ever going to win a Super Bowl. 
Okay, if you look at Pete Carroll's uh, Carroll's record before he went to college and before he went to USC, his numbers were not good as a head coach oh, in the Pete NFL. Carroll, well, the Jets dropped him the after the first year. The Jets dropped him after the first year. How long was he with the Patriots? What, one, two years? Three years. I Three think. years. He was gone after that. He was not a successful head coach his first time around. Jason Garrett has been a successful coach as a first-time head coach. And where would you say he's ranked out of the top, uh, out of the 32 coaches? Is he in the top half, the bottom half? Where, where do you rank him? Jason Garrett, he's right in the middle. He's just good so enough. So you think, like, right keep, at 15, keep, right at six? So yeah. there, there's – He's better than that. He, he's better so, than good that. enough to keep your team in, in contention. You're going to win a playoff so name, game every name, so, Outside of the obvious coaches, name some coaches you would take ahead of him. Uh, I would take Bruce Arians ahead of him. Yes, even though yep. he's on a terrible team. They're he's actually done a pretty they're good not, job. They're, they're, they're seven team. and seven. They're an okay, average all right. Team. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, I mean, the obvious ones. I would take Andy Reid. I would take Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. I would take. Oh, I wish I had the list Sean in Payton. front of me. It would be a little bit. I would take Ron Rivera, even though he got fired. No. Okay. okay. I, no. I, I would. So I wouldn't take Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, if you look at their analytics, are yeah, not even close to each other. One. That's a that's a debatable he, one. He no, took, no he way. Took them to the, he got to the fired. Jason Garrett year. has not been fired yet. Right. He got fired. Because <laughs> Jason Garrett is the world's greatest puppet. I never. I, I never. <laughs> on the back. He is a wonderful puppet, and he gets paid for it. And he's oh. done a great job of surviving. Oh, get out of here! I, I've heard he does enough. a good job of clapping. Thank you, Snug. Thank you for calling, my friend. It's always a pleasure, my friend. <laughs> And happy holidays. Same here, man. You'll be receiving my gift very soon. So, oh, that's gonna be good. Yes, and you're gonna wear it, and you're gonna send me a picture. There you go, Snug. I got. I I got it back on. Not wearing it and sending you a picture. You know that. I know. I know. And I will be wearing your shirt in in one. uh, Probably on Monday of next week, I'll wear it Christmas week. It's gonna look awesome. (laughs) There you go, Snug. I put the hat back on just for you. Wear Speedy's hat too. Oh man, that's an ugly hat. Errol's gonna do that if he loses the bet. Oh, I'm never wearing that, that hat, cool. so that's a big no for that. That's a big no. But uh, thanks for calling, Snug. Anytime, sir. You guys have a great day, gentlemen. You too. Take Snug care. the cat calling up, arguing his points about Jason Garrett, comparing him to Fisher, which is ridiculous. It, it's, that's another ridiculous statement. Even though I, I agree with him and some of uh, analytics that he was saying, I, I, I would take Jason Garrett over uh, Fisher any day, any day. I, why? Because he went to one Super Bowl with Tennessee when he had the team that he had. He had one of the best teams that year. And one of well, the they best, were a wild card they team. They one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. They were a wild card team, though, too. So that he had one of the best fun. quarterbacks, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league at the time. Okay. I'm just saying that they were a wild card Does team. Does Jason Garrett have one of the top five quarterbacks right now in the league? Come on, man. It's one, yeah, that's one position on the team. That's all. Jason Garrett's team stinks right now. They stink. They're terrible. They're a terrible team. The fact that they're even in a playoff, uh, they're in a playoff run right now because of how bad the NFC East is. Right, but J- uh, J- they gave talent, him nothing. Talent evaluation is part of coaching too, and Jeff Fisher was really good at that too. Like you said, the Titans have All right. a lot of good teams. All right, Zeke's been under Jason Garrett. Is, is Zeke a great player? Yeah, I'm just saying right. that. Amari you- Cooper, hold on. Amari Cooper came from Oakland. Uh, since he's come over there to the Cowboys, has he been? Has he been a good player for the Cowboys? Sure. Okay. All right, so how about the offensive line? The same offensive line that he uh, that Wade Phillips practically had the time that he had it, and they, and and Wade Phillips was a great defensive late, line. Yeah, but the late two thousand uh, Titans also had a great offensive that's, line too. That, that's fine. He had the same offensive line that Jason Garrett has had in, 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 at, at their youth. Okay, 
Did he win with those? Well, no. Wade Phillips only hit Smith. That was it. Oh, just Smith. That's it. Yeah, that's Martin, it. Just Martin Smith was fourteen. Ball. Right. Martin was fourteen, and Frederick was thirteen. Draft. Okay. Wade Phillips. If you look at his record, and you look at what Wade Phillips has done the couple of years that he was head coach for the Cowboys, not even close. Okay. No, that wasn't the comparison. Jason, no. I'm not comparing. Here's the comparison. This guy's a top 11 head coach in the league. This is a guy 55th out of 500 head coaches in NFL history. Analytically, he's 55th. He is not a terrible head coach. I don't want to hear it anymore from anybody. And analytics tell you that he is not a bad coach. So I'm so sick and tired of listening to idiots tell me that he has no, they have no recollection of numbers and analytics to prove that he isn't a head coach. What, do we have another caller? Put him through. Who do we have? Hello? Yo, this is uh, Nippin. Hey, what's up, Nippin? How are you, man? Hey, what's up, man? How are you guys doing? We're good, man. Did you, did you, um, I sent you, did you get my hour of podcast stuff I sent you? Yes, I did. All right, so, uh. So I want to talk about my. Uh, I'm a big Cowboys fan, also. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk oh about wow! My Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Nippin, let me ask you a question before we yeah. get into the Dallas Cowboys. Do you think Jason Garrett's a good coach? Um, the the guest the guest you guys had on just now, I, I I heard his comment about Jason Garrett. I don't think he's in the middle tier. He's in the bottom tier, in my opinion. Oh wow! He's, uh, he, I, to be honest, Jason Garrett, he, he's good, but I I, I mean, I don't really. Uh, sometimes he. He, he's too scared of coaching, meaning like he doesn't go for the gambles, especially the game against the Patriots where he could have went for a fourth down, but he doesn't. He just go, he just gets the points. But I mean, obviously, I mean it's good to always to take gambles, especially against the Patriots. And and uh, but Jason Garrett's too he's scared sometimes to to take gambles. But uh, to be honest, I think no matter what we do this year, I think Jason Garrett's gone. So no question is gone. Huh? No question that he's gone. Yeah, they're definitely yeah. moving on from him. So Jason Garrett, I mean, uh, Jerry Jones, uh, he, he has, I, I think, behind the scenes, I, mean, I don't know if this is, I mean, this is my opinion. My guess is that he's already starting to field calls about potential coaching changes, but he's he's not letting us know right now because of obviously Jason Garrett. But at the end of the season, I think, uh, I, I think, I predict that, Either it's going to be Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley as the new head coach as the Cowboys. And it could be I'm worrisome, though, too, because Lincoln Riley's running offense, while it is very good in college football standards, it's always been the offensive pinnacle of college football even before he got there yeah. in a conference that has horrible defenses. And then Urban Meyer, very controversial with all the stuff going on with him last year. And right. you might not get the edge coaching-wise because a lot of college coaches – Gain an edge through recruiting. And Nippon, let me ask you a question. Which is not going to get in the NFL. Let me ask you a question. When was the last college head coach that came into the NFL that was successful? Um, man, I don't remember. You're right because there was none. I don't so, think there. I don't think there is a head coach except. Jo- I'm sorry, John Harbaugh was the last one. John Harbaugh. Oh, I mean, not, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Right. Jim Harbaugh came from Stanford. He was, the, he was the only one in our, I would say, in the last 20 years that came to the NFL and that was successful. And I want to hear Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll was a head was coach. Was a pro coach. First. Was a pro coach before he became a college coach, and then he came. I'm talking about a coach that never was a pro coach that came from college and then became a pro coach. He was the only one. So bring in Lincoln Riley. Is that going to benefit you? Probably not. Bringing in oh. Urban Meyer, is that going to benefit you? Probably not. So 
I'm not saying to keep Jason Garrett because I think he lost his voice in the locker room. For yeah. anybody to for anybody to come out and say that Jason Garrett isn't a good head coach, statistics and analytics will tell you that you're wrong. It will tell you that you're wrong. Now, has he won a Super Bowl? When was the last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl? 95. In the 90s. In the 90s. Look how many coaches the Cowboys have had since the 90s. And they never won. So you're going to blame that on Jason Garrett? You're going to blame it? Here's who you blame it on. Jerry Jones. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah so before I, get to, um, before I get to the game on Sunday, I mean, the, the big game that we won against the Rams, but I, just want, I, I have a question for you guys. So since, uh, do, do, you, do you know who, who, who do you think Jerry Jones would target as potential head coaching uh, candidate for us? I have three of them. I have three of them. I've been saying it over and over again. You're right about Lincoln Riley. I do not believe Urban Meyer is taking that job. No. Mm-hmm. I do not. I, I, Urban Meyer left college football where he comes from Ohio State where he, that was his dream to coach Ohio State and the Buckeyes. He won a championship there, and he wanted to stay there. The only reason why he left was because of the whole situation with the domestic violence situation right. with one of his coaches. Besides right. that, Urban Meyer would still be the Ohio State Buckeyes head coach. That's one. So Urban Meyer, no. I would say Lincoln Riley as my number one target. That's who I think they're going to target. Uh, and he's going to want the job because he's always been a Cowboy fan. He grew up a Cowboy fan. Yeah. He's a guy. Uh, they're going to reach out to some of these big coaches like the, the Ron Rivera. I think they'll reach out to Ron Rivera in, and maybe interview Ron yeah, Rivera. they're going to interview a lot yes. of guys. Yes, they'll interview him. I think, I think Caldwell is going to be a hot ticket guy that a lot of people I, – I was reading that there are about five or six teams that are going to interview Caldwell. I think he'll. About, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. How about uh, Robert? How about Robert Shaw from the 49ers or John Salah? No. I like I like him too. But. No, they're not bringing in a rookie head coach except Lincoln Riley. He's the only rookie head coach they're going to bring in, and the only reason why they're going to bring Lincoln Riley in is because he is like beloved by Cowboy fans. I agree with him. you. I agree with you. Where I think Salah will be a good head coach. I don't think it, the Cowboys are going to be the job for him because they're going to generally like a higher profile guy. So yeah, I was thinking, as a Cowboys fan, I was thinking of that another candidate would be Josh McDaniels. But no, I, I no. Kind of worry. He's not going over there with Jerry Jones. Josh McDaniels, <laughs> I, Josh McDaniels hasn't left the Patriots yet. He's not leaving right. them now. I believe, and I've said it again in the beginning, I said it on actually third and long, I think this is Bill Belichick's last year. I absolutely believe it. I think this is his last year. I you think still this think is, he's going to the Browns? No, I think he's done. I think he's going to retire. Okay. I think he's going to retire as a oh, coach. Wow. I think he's going to retire. Last year he said he was going to go to the Browns. I think he'll stay. I think he'll. Yeah, I thought that. Okay. I thought that, but now I think he's going to retire as a head coach and he's going to be the GM for the Patriots. That's what I think he's. I think he's going to run the Patriots organization. Josh McDaniels is going to take over, and I think that's where they're going to roll. I think Tom Brady is gone after this year. So. Yeah. So so now to uh, to my uh, cop the 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 game we won on Sunday against the Seahawks. Uh, I mean, not sorry, Seahawks, the Rams. Sorry. Uh, but uh, that was a big win for us at home. Uh, actually, you know, the first, this is, as a Cowboy fan, this is the first game I have seen that we played clean football on all phases of uh, defense, special teams, and offense. Uh, all, the whole team played well. Everybody stepped up, and, and we needed this win, which is good. Because are you going to give Jason Garrett What, Garica, what took gonna... so long? Huh? What took so long to finally put a game like that together? I feel like we've been waiting I, I for this game for all season. Are you a Cowboy fan? Yeah, I know. It, no, just of, objectively speaking. Yeah, but, um, yeah, because we got the big game against Philly next week, but 
this, this, I mean, this week coming up, but uh, this, I mean, uh, everybody stepped up. Zeke had a good game. Dak looked good. Now, hopefully, we can keep it up. But they're gonna beat. I mean, the, they're gonna beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going yeah. to beat them. I'm telling you right now. I, you can call me on this. Uh, you can call me on this. I'll put any money on it oh. right now. I don't care where it is, Philadelphia or Dallas. They're going to win next week. They're gonna. Yeah. I mean, this week. They're gonna win this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. Because I think they're a better team than the Eagles. I think the Eagles are fighting a lot of injury right now. They have no wide receivers yeah. whatsoever. They look terrible. They look horrific. And I just don't think that this is a good Eagles team right now. I don't. And I think the, the Dallas Cowboys are a better built team. And by the way, are the Cowboy fans going to give Jason Garrett a lot of credit for what he did? He outcoached the Rams and Sean McVay. Oh, the yep. great Sean McVay. Did he not outcoach one of the great young coaches in the NFL? He did. Yep. He did. But no, no Cowboy fans are going to give him any credit. Nobody. I'm not talking about you, Nippin, but all the other Cowboy fans that listen to the show and all the different personalities we have on his network, they won't give him any credit whatsoever. All they do is say when they win or, or they lose a big game, well, that's Jason Garrett. Or uh, if they win a close game, well, Jason Garrett didn't win the game. Uh, the running back did or the defense did. Well, he's the coach of the team. You want to blame Jason Garrett when they lose, but you don't want to give him credit when they win. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And to me, analytically, he is definitely not on the lower echelon of the league as far as middle of the league as far as coaches. He is in the, the, the I would say he's 11 or 12 right now in the NFL. If I were to pick coaches right now, and I looked at the coaches yesterday, I went through the coaches again because we were attacking each other throughout um, uh, group me. We were at uh, all the guys, all the different personalities on our network. There was, there's 20 of them. We were arguing about Jason Garrett again. And again, I bring up analytics, and there's nothing you can argue with analytics. You can't argue analytics. I don't care what you think or what you see the eye test. Here's my eye test. When I look at numbers, I look at analytics. The numbers in analytics tell me through the eyes that Jason Garrett's a good coach. A matter of fact, if you rate him at 55th out of 500 coaches of all time, which that's what pro, pro football has rated him, um, he's better than good. People would put him in the great area. But I wouldn't even say that because he, he's never won a big game. Yeah, you got to win a Super Bowl to you be never considered win a big, great. No, no, I wouldn't even say that. You have to get to a Super Bowl. We only, we only won two playoff games that. under him. That's it. I'm sorry? We only won two playoff games under Jason Garrett. That's, That's fine. And one of them was aided a lot by that really bad call that against yeah. the Lions. And Jason Garrett has had Dak Prescott and Tony Romo as his, head, as his quarterbacks. Two right. quarterbacks that have never done anything. Anything. Tony Romo has never won a playoff game, or I think he's won one. He's won one, and that and, was and, the one and, that was taken. And Dak Prescott's won two, okay? And that has a lot to do with Jason Garrett. He's the head coach. No, Dak's only won one. Tony Romo's won two, but, but one of, again, like I said, one of them was kind of tainted by that really bad call. The facts are Jason Garrett has had two coaches that were, I mean, two quarterbacks that are mediocre. Not elite quarterbacks. You put Jason Garrett with Aaron Rodgers, you think he has a better record? I do. Yeah. You put Jason Garrett with, Ron, um, with uh, Russell Wilson, you think he has a better record? I do. Yep. You put him with Drew Brees, you think he has a better record? I do. Mm-hmm. So, Tom Brady, you name the quarterbacks, the top quarterbacks in the league. You put him with those quarterbacks, he has a better record. And he's, he's 20 games over 500 with the team that he has right now. I mean... To me, that's a good coach. That's yeah. just me. Now, does that mean I think he's an elite coach? No. No. Does no. that mean I think he's a great coach? 
Uh, no, I didn't ever said that. I said he's a good coach. He's a solid, good coach. Yes, he's a solid coach that's going to get a job after he gets fired by the Cowboys. I tell you what, you don't expect them to really do anything in the playoffs this season, but if there's ever a time to start putting things together, it's right now leading up until right. the playoffs. So yeah. I, you never know. You never know. Nippin, man, do you have anything to say before we let you go? Uh, first of all, I just want to say uh, thank you for the prayers for my uh, grandpa. Absolutely, man. Yeah. How's your so, grandfather doing right now? Oh, he's feeling better now. So, That's great. Uh, what, what happened? His grandfather. Yeah. This is a, uh, like a bad virus thing going on. F- right. F- 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 it's called FSR for some of the children virus thing he got from the children, and then um, and then some kind of cough, bad cough. So, but he's feeling a little bit better. Oh, sorry to hear that. Uh, that uh, wishing him the best. I I've, I wish him the best too. And and by the way, I, I love yes. I I love the fact that you're a fan and. You follow us all over social media and tell your friends about us. I, I, I love that you call the show and you give us your intake. And I, I've, been, I've watched your show. I've watched your show. Yeah. Very interesting. And uh, we're going to talk a lot more in the new year about your show. So, Oh, thank you. Absolutely. And then I'll, uh, I'll, spread, I'll definitely spread the word to you guys too. So. Thank you, Nippin. Yeah, no problem. Nippin from New Jersey, ladies and gentlemen. Another fan, a new fan of ours. He calls the show. He's called the show for the first time, I think, on Thursday, and now he's calling it strategically. So I, guy has some good intake. I didn't know he was a Cowboy fan, and uh, I, I explained. There's a after, lot of those around here. Yeah, huh? Cowboy fans all over. He's from New Jersey, actually. So um, I give a shout-out to Nippin and, and his grandfather. Shout-out to him and his family. Um, thank God his grandfather's feeling a lot better. Uh, when we come back, uh, well, when you guys come back, you guys will get through week 15 and go. I would like to hear you guys take with uh, baseball free agency. It's, it's a lot of things are happening right now. One in baseball. big signing, one big trade. Yep. And we will also, you guys will also get into what's going on in the NBA up next here on Down to the Wire, only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. A little more holiday music for us there from Speedy Pete. So welcome back, everybody, to Down to the Wire. Uh, Errol has left the building. It is now down to just me, Stevie L, Stevie O, Steve from Ronkonkoma, <laughs> whatever you want to call me, and Speedy Pete. one 877 is the number to uh, join the conversation. Um, we can't seem to escape the uh, Jason Garrett talk or talk about the Cowboys, but I for now, six straight days we've had that. <laughs> yeah, you know they're America's team. There's a lot of, a lot of, for some reason, a lot of Cowboy fans around here locally, and of course all across the country. But um, so yeah, we wanted to switch topics a little bit and talk a little bit about what's been going on in baseball. So uh, what have we seen? Obviously, uh, outside of the big ones, the Cole, the Strasburg. Um, so this week we had. Um, we had Bumgarner going to the Diamondbacks for five years, $85 million. The Rangers acquiring uh, Corey Kluber from the Indians. That was bizarre. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I, like, what did some of these moves do for these teams? Like, why, why Bumgarner to the Diamondbacks? I'm surprised he signed that cheaply, one. Because 
I you thought think that was cheap for him. I mean, he's yeah. a little bit older. He's thirty years old, and the kind of pitcher he is, I think he can age well too. He's not really a velocity-driven yeah. pitcher. That's true. So him getting eighty-five seems like very small to me. It's, uh, it was similar to what Keiko got last year, and I think he's a better pitcher, more consistent than Keiko is. But like, what are you going to do on the Diamondbacks? I mean, I, they're I, not. I, they're I, not a terrible team, though, I, and they, you know, they you still know, have money man, to spend too. True. Yeah, I don't see them. I don't see them as a, as a real uh, threat to the to the to the National League. I, I don't know. It, not it on just paper, like a but they were. They. Me. I think they were the only like the second team out in the National League. Looking at the playoff picture, so yeah, they were close, and then they and then they traded um, Granky, which was a great move because they weren't going to get that kind of value any other year. He was having True. a great year, but even yeah, that was a big uh, actually. Big, I think big mo- contract. I think most mode. of the wins came after that anyway. Mm. Maybe people play down to them and stuff like that, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he went that cheaply. But yeah. it's a great signing for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, it is. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know if that'll put, put them over the edge as far as making the playoffs. But you know, we'll see. They could be a wild card team. I think they're good enough for that. The problem is the National League East is really good right now, so they might get three wild card, uh, three playoff teams. That would be wild. And could one of them be the Mets? I mean, who knows? You know, we have, we have the knows? deepest <laughs> rotation in, uh, in in baseball, according to Brody Van Wagenen. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. Brody Van Wagenen also said we were going to win 90 games last year. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were the team to beat. The Flu- team to flew, beat. Flew to the top. But, uh, yeah, and, and then, uh, well, he said, yeah, come get us. And then uh, they got us. So, um, yeah. but, I mean, there's still hopefully I don't know what's going on with this Cespedes contract, but uh, hopefully that means there's a little more money to invest in the team because if, if, they, if they add a couple of, uh, a couple of bullpen pieces, may, I don't know, maybe a little more depth. Well, that's what they should target primarily is bullpen pieces. Of course, yeah. Because that's and, the modern baseball is deep informal bullpens it's not all right this is my set setup guy anymore right this is my set closer guy there are going to be closers but i'm just saying it's fading away from that and you look at the way the postseason strategy is you build bullpen depth and starters out of the bullpen that's why they did the starters the way they did i mean ideally you have something either like what what the yankees had or uh or you piece it together i mean yeah you're right like just a couple of I mean, it's, I still find it amazing that the Nationals won the World Series. With how they, they did the starting out of the bullpen. Yep, that's and, why and they look how Patrick, effective that. That's why they signed Patrick Corbin. That's why very they brought in some veterans piece. like Anibal Sanchez. Anibal Sanchez is not a great pitcher, but he's a good postseason pitcher. Yep. So they brought him in and made it work. They used the money that they didn't have to pay Bryce Harper. They didn't have to pay Wilson Ramos and guys of the core that they lost. Yeah. And they made it work into a postseason identity. They saw what was winning. It wasn't just talent. It was a specific way mm-hmm. and one of those things is bullpen and just pitching versatility and the red sox kind of did that the year before mm-hmm. right um they had to because they the also they had added? a bad bullpen nathan evaldi evaldi yeah who ended up being huge for them out of the bull well, they used him in the bullpen yep. for that uh run to the world series which is a great move too because he was really only a fastball pitcher <laughs> yeah and uh, he was huge for them and um, so, and what else did we say? The Rangers uh, got Corey Kluber they from got the a, Indians. They got and they got a bargain for him too. They really didn't trade much. So I wonder what that means for the because I, I thought the Rangers were, were heavy for um, Rendon, and then well, he already went to the Angels. Right? Yeah. No, I know. So I, I, I'm just I don't know what that means for the Rangers because they were a decent team last year. But yeah, they progressed nicely in a year that people thought they would be rebuilding. I knew their roster was better than a lot of people thought, but. 
again, they were expected to be just a rebuilding team. But they always needed pitching, though. So yeah, yeah. I think the priority was for them to get a pitcher over Anthony Rendon anyway. Yeah. And I'm just surprised they were able to get it done in this fashion because the Indians, while Kluber is an older pitcher, he's coming off an injury-riddled year. He wasn't pitching well even in that time. So you wouldn't have expected them to sell that low. The what did they, they did they get? I, I didn't see what they, they gave got. Delano De Shields is a nice, oh, right. fast, I did see young that. I did see that. center fielder, mm-hmm. but he's not, he's not super young. Where he's all right. This guy's got a ton of upside. He's already been in the league four years, five mm-hmm. years. We know what he is at this point. And, and then they got a prospect, Emmanuel Clase. I'm trying to figure out where he's ranked in the pipeline. I don't even see him. You never know what prospects, so right. Yeah, it's understandable. It's just when you look at a value perspective, it really looked like they sold low, and hmm. it's a big problem. What is going on with the Indians? What, I mean, they they got They're, rid of Kluber. They got rid of Trevor Bauer last year. They're trying to get rid of um, is this the uh, Lindor, right? They're trying to sh- shop yeah, him around. I don't, know. I don't know. They're a team that's really good at developing players. They have a great manager, yet their front office is a mess, and I don't understand it. Yeah, They – trade their top prospect in Francisco Mejia for a reliever in Brad Hand that has been good, but is he elite? I don't, I don't think he's an elite reliever. And they've, they've been close. They, they've, they've had a, they had a couple. Of, I mean, obviously, they, they went to Game 7 of the World Series against the Cubs, mm-hmm. and, and they've been good after that. It's, it's, just, it's strange to see them just kind of shipping away all their good pieces now. And yeah. I, I don't know. Are they, try, are they in the midst of a rebuild now? Is, is uh, I, I don't know if I'd go that far because they still have talent. If they trade Lindor, yeah, I would imagine that because then now you're trading a young player. You're trading a, a franchise core piece there if you're doing it I like mean, that. who knows? Maybe they, could, maybe they could turn it around pretty quickly because if they're trading all these pieces away, they got to be if, getting... They, if they're going to do that, they can't sell low like they've done. You can't yeah. do that either. Well, you would get a lot for uh, Lindor, though. I would imagine so, yeah, but you you would hope the way they've been <laughs> trading lately. I don't even know. Yeah, they're you can't just trade guys just to trade guys. Yeah, well, it seems like that's what they're doing. Um, what else here? Romo went to the Twins. Yeah, they brought him back after he had a nice short stint with them. Is there anything else we missed here? Where's um, who else do we still have out there? We got Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson. Ryu. Yeah, Ryu, who's if Bumgarner's got that little, I'm worried about his market too because he has a lot more risk. 33 years old, he fell off kind of in the second half. Yeah, of the after year. he got hurt, he was having a great year and up until he got hurt. And he's not a heavy strikeout guy. He's again not a length guy. There's a lot of concerns with him, and he's always been this kind of pitcher. He's, I like his stuff. He's got even though he's not really hard thrower, he's got good stuff. But he has he had a great year his rookie year in 2014. He had a great mm-hmm. year last year until the last two months of the year, really. And, but yeah, every, he, everything else in between, he's very inconsistent. So he, that's he was worrisome. on pace to, to win in Cy Young yep. uh, it, uh, until he got hurt. Until he got hurt, and then he had a, the last two, last I would when say month, back, and a, yeah. month and a half, really, he really struggled to right, stretch. Right. Maybe the pressure of him maybe being the Cy Young leader, too. What about um, Donaldson? Yeah, his is interesting because... Right-handed hitters, just in general, they're not as highly coveted as they used to be because there's just a lot of them. I, you look at all the random guys that hit home runs last year. It's not really as big of a need. Now, he's still a nice veteran presence to have. You saw that with the Braves last year, the, what he contributed to that team. And that, I don't that know culture. what to make of last year, though, because 
all the speculation on the baseballs and was it the seams? Well, you know, well, I, I don't know if we're going to see the, if they're going to change that, if that's going to change the, the numbers that people were putting up last year. So I don't know. Yeah, Errol and I have fought that before. He thinks the balls are juiced. I don't. You I don't? Th- I don't because I think it's just more players are being developed that way. Taught for launch angle and exit velocity, and I agree with the, you on these, the, these oh. higher swings the way they are, and that's why, oops, that's why home runs have gone up, and that's why strikeouts have gone up. See, I, I do agree with you that there there was a change in philosophy with with the launch angle and all that. I get that, but I, so specifically, I, I'm a Met fan, so I watched a lot of Met fans, and there were a couple of times that. Um, Todd Frazier hit home runs where he was like flailing his bat like with one hand and thinking that he was just a, a routine fly out into left field, throwing the bat in disgust, starts jogging down the first, and then all of a sudden the ball flies out. And I, I, I mean, I don't know if that's that's because of the baseball, but it, the the way that the numbers went up this year and and it supposedly uh, in Triple A too. The numbers went up big time in home runs, so I, I don't know. I I personally think that there was something going on with the baseballs. I mean, it's possible. It's just uh, it's hard to believe it. Well, that it, would se- have it sells that much of an impact. Well, I, I mean, so from what you were hearing, guys were having a tougher time, like with with the the breaking balls, the sliders and stuff. They couldn't they couldn't get it. Uh, sure. So you know, naturally, if the balls aren't spinning at the rate that they're used to. The balls are a little bit easier to hit. I mean, obviously, you know, there's there's still the great pitchers who are able to overcome that. But even even a guy like Verlander, Verlander gave up a decent amount of home runs. But I don't know. I, and we'll see what happens. Maybe they do make a change, and how that affects things next year right. remains to be seen. But going back to Donaldson, though, you wonder how his value is going to be. Now, I thought he got overpaid last year. He got twenty four million dollars, which I'm, I was shocked at, but he played very well. So he did. And I don't think he'll market if you're judging him from that will drop off that much. But again, it depends on if it's a contending team that's going to sign him. Where is the evident hole for a third baseman on on a particular team? I so. mean, who is there any? I can't think of. Off the top of my head, who who's in the, in need of a third baseman right now? I mean, well, I know if the, the Cubs trade Chris aren't. Bryant, it's right. possible they they could maybe target him. I don't know if they necessarily need him specifically, but they that could be a target for them. Milwaukee with all the infielders they lost, maybe could be a target for him. He could very easily go back to the Braves too. I I can yeah. see where that kind of thing can happen. They they're saying it's not going to happen because Austin Riley's there. Mm-hmm. And while Austin Riley had a really good stretch for two months, he fell off after the All Star break. So yeah. Can you really trust that? Plus, again, Riley could also be an outfielder, too. So you, you could be – you got Acuna and Ciarte and, and him. Such a talented team. Oh, no, they're a really talented team. I think they're maybe – I would say probably third most talented right now after the Dodgers and Yankees. I'd probably say they're third right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're really deep. I didn't really realize how deep they were offensively. They, they got a lot on that roster. Now, the pitching, we'll have to see what the prospects are, but – they have good pitchers there already, both veterans and, again, younger guys, young pitchers that have p- pitched well. Their bullpen depth is pretty good. Their manager's really good. I think th- they got a nice future and present kind of team right now, yeah. and they're really deep, too. That's how you build now is depth. And they got an absolute stud staple in the middle of that lineup. Uh, Freddie Freeman is just – he's a machine. Year after year, yep. he just rakes. He just <laughs> – it just—it seems like. Well, thank God Rendon signed out of the NL East because 
I'm just so sick. There's always so many of these guys that just kill the Mets. Well, and Rendon killed the Mets before Rendon he was even really him. that good. Right. <laughs> and then turned it. Rendon, oh, my goodness. I, what a player he turned into. And then, yeah, and then Freddie Freeman just kills the Mets, and he's right in the heart of that right. lineup. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, what do you think about all these, uh, a lot of these one-year deals? I kind of like it. It's like the way it's the way deal. baseball is now. Players want to sell themselves, and organizations now they're very stingy with giving out long term contracts. They saw what happened with teams like the Angels and the Tigers, and mm. even the Nationals to an extent. Teams that just gave out all these contracts all at yeah. once. That if it didn't work, now it really hinders them. Now the Tigers can't rebuild because they're stuck with Cabrera's contract and Martinez and yeah. Jordan Zimmerman and guys like that. So yeah, finally, a lot of front that. right, a lot of front offices have been very stingy in terms of giving out those that kind of money. So there is the either the result is let's do only one year gamble if you really think your team is contending, which I think whoever signs Josh Donaldson that'll be the case. Or so he's going to sign another one year deal. You think? I think it's possible because he's older. He's injury yeah. prone. And I'll be honest, because I know he's going to go to a contender. He's not really a good postseason player either. So it's definitely a concern for that element of it too. Or again, what they'll do is maybe do a two, three year deal with less in terms of average annual value. Mm-hmm. So the guys get paid more overall in terms of what they'll end up making in terms of guaranteed money. But it's team friendly enough too, where it's not going to hinder going after something that's more of a need. Mm-hmm. So is that it on uh, on the remaining major offseason moves? It looks that way because, again, most of the other stuff happened uh, last week. Blake trying into the Dodgers I think is a nice move. And then D.D. Gregorius going to Philadelphia. Probably the other two big moves that happened. Yeah, that's since a sneaky move. I think the Yankees are really going to miss him. I, I don't know if they'll miss him because they got a lot of infield depth. You think so? I mean... Glaber, LeMahieu... Yeah, but Andujar, Voight, they got a, they got a ton. They don't need hitting. Andujar can't really play the field, though. No, but they might even consider in certain matchups moving him to first base to DH in some instances with Sanchez catching, maybe Stanton playing the outfield. So I, they, know, they, I could be wrong. They but maneuver. I... They'll maneuver that accordingly. If it was a National League team, you could be more concerned. But with the DH there, they can have him play third some days and DH others and. It I don't just, think it would hurt him that much long term. Now, postseason time, we'll see. But yeah, he he was clutch. He was good in the in the clubhouse, and I mean, you don't expect something to happen like what happened last year with the injuries. But it it was good to have an extra infielder for them because I mean, guys were constantly out. You know, ten days stints on the DL, whatever it may be. I, I just feel like they're really going to – I mean, they, they're bringing Gardner back, so they'll still have some of that, you know, the the, the old Yankees, the, you know, the glue guys. But Didi, I don't know. I, I, for one year, they couldn't bring him back for one year? I don't know. Maybe. That's just me. But maybe they don't get Garrett Cole if they sign him either, though. True. So you, you don't know how that would have worked out because they're pretty close as is to the luxury tax. I think they're still under it technically, but they're not – they don't have much room. Yeah. And, and they needed an outfielder. Didi's still a, a top 10 shortstop, maybe top five in baseball. So, Yeah, I, mean, he's, I think he's really going to help the Phillies between the manager and and Didi. I th- and I don't know. The, the Phillies, I, I don't know what to expect for them, but I, I guarantee that Girardi's going to get more out of them than uh, Gabe Kapler did. Yeah, Gabe Kapler's a horrible manager. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know I why they hired the him in the first place. For the last year and a half, really, that he was there, He's, he was not good. Some of his in-game decisions, the collapse they had in the second half of the season. Yeah, not I mean, good. it's going to be an interesting baseball season. I mean, uh, you know, I think we would all expect the Yankees to be the favorites now after adding Cole. Is is that fair to say? Yeah. I think them and the Dodgers, Yankees, Dodgers will, will always yeah. be the favorites. It's just a matter of. But then mentally. there's always that team, you know, with, with a with a good pitching staff. You get hot at the right time. You never know. Right. And mentally too, and postseason strategy too. It's not just talent that wins. Right. You need other stuff too. The evidence. And the Dodgers. The Dodgers didn't make it to. You know, they didn't even. Right. They could, they I think they're the best the team. I think they're the best team talent wise and depth wise in baseball. Yet they their manager is not great, and they're. Their hitters are very in the postseason streaky, and that has had them not only even in the series they've won, they've struggled more than they should in a lot of those series, and as a result, they're just in their head that they just can't win. It's a shame. It's it's crazy that they haven't won with all that talent. Mm-hmm. Going to the World Series back to back years. Did they go seven games both years too? No, they lost the Red Sox in five. I thought that was seven. They essentially played six games, though, because one of the games was the 18-inning game. Right, right. All right, so I guess that's that's all we did on the uh, on baseball. You want to switch to NBA? Sure, go for it. So, um, wow, is anybody can anybody beat either of the top two teams in the East and the West? That's what being the Milwaukee and the Lakers. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting because both those teams have talent. Both those teams have depth. I think that is definitely obvious. And I like the coaching of both those teams. I like Boone Holzler a little more than Vogel, but they're both very good. Obviously, LeBron I still think is the best player. I know you've had your arguments with Errol that says otherwise. Yeah, but it's crazy. He's, I argue makes with my, a lot of these players better. My friends drive me nuts with this. They they they, they know how to get me uh, how to get me going. So they they always love poking at me. But I I think they actually they still don't believe that he's the the best player in the NBA, and it drives me nuts because until he's not, how how can you say otherwise? So you still think he is? I still oh, think okay. he is. Oh, okay. I thought you were the one. No, 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 no. I okay. I, I keep saying. Le- so if you had to to rank the top. Give me your top five okay. players in the NBA right now. My all top around. five. All right. My top five goes like this. It goes LeBron James, number one. Kawhi Leonard, number two. I would say Russell Westbrook, number three. Wow. I See, think that's, he's, where we, that's where we differ. He's very good all around for I'm a point guard. I'm with you on one and two. He's very good all around for a point guard. I would put him number three. The I only love thing he, Westbrook, though. I love the way he plays. I would love to have him on my team. It's just... I don't know if I, just all the three around. point shooting is really the yeah. only issue, but even that he's gotten better at. Yeah, that's so true. So I would put him three. I would probably say Giannis number four and Anthony Davis number five, right now. Wow. So the only I think I would I would the only difference I have basically is I would flip flop Giannis uh, Westbrook. I if you want to put Giannis put a, over Westbrook, I, I think that's yeah. your it's fair it's, if you want. I just I think Westbrook and Giannis both have the same weaknesses, which they can't shoot threes. I still think Westbrook's a little better at it, though. Yeah, I, I do love Westbrook, though. And, and, and it, no, when I have these arguments, I'm not trying to knock any one of these players. Like my friends will, they, they always are. They try to argue that Kawhi is number one. I I just don't see how you can put anybody above. LeBron is such a complete player. And what he, how he impacts a game. I mean, it, it's it's obvious. I mean, last year was a fluke. 
it was the first time that he missed the playoffs in God knows how long. Right. And, you know, he wasn't happy with his coach, didn't get the trade that he wanted, so, and he, he was injured. So he kind of just gave up on the season. But, and, and then as soon as they made that trade for Anthony Davis, I was texting my friends. And I said, that's it. You can write it down 100%. They are going to, of course, you never know what's going to happen with injuries. As long as those two are healthy, LeBron and Anthony Davis, then they, I think, are going to win the NBA Finals. I mean, anything could happen in the postseason. we got to see how, yeah, I mean, that, how that plays out because Anthony Davis is still kind of inexperienced with the postseason, and we'll have to see with the coaching, too, how that ends up making a difference. And it is the Western Conference. But he's but, never played with anybody like LeBron before. No, absolutely. I'm just saying LeBron's not going to have the same, quote-unquote, easy ride as he did in the East that he's going to do in the West either. Now, I think... That's the, a fair point. I think the Lakers still have enough depth where they can compensate for that, too. It's not like it's LeBron, Anthony Davis, and then a scrap heap. They I would worry a little bit. Other good players, too. question I, is, how will they show up, too? Yeah. And I, I do worry a little bit. I mean, he's going to be 36 years old, and Anthony Davis has been injury-prone. So I, th- That's really the only concern is just whether or not their bodies hold up. But as far as ability goes, man, that's a scary team. And I really cannot I, I just it's a shame that the the regular seasons just aren't what they used to be like like during the jordan era uh, right it just seems like we're just waiting at least from my perspective i'm just waiting until the playoffs because there's going to be some really good series come playoff time well what it, what it is is the same thing same problem that baseball's having there's just so many bad teams yeah. that it's just so predictable what is going to end up happening now whether the seating is the same is another question. But really, outside of the Mavericks being as good as they are, if you look at the – and maybe the Thunder being the eighth seed, but if you look at the Western Conference, it's pretty predictable. And same with the East. I think Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, I guess, is a surprise. But, again, it's really the same, really, in terms of what you can expect. So it's just not well. as much in terms of – parity and just predictability the way it is so well, yeah, you I have mean, your feature matchups which can be very interesting but it's just not the same lust i mean th- this is a, a very good year for basketball though because well i mean obviously you have a lot of great stars a lot of good young up-and-coming stars too but for the last few years i mean we were just waiting until the warriors and the cavaliers mm-hmm. and now for the first time in a while it, it seems like you could name probably six at least six teams that you could see making it and making it to and winning the finals right no they're def- fun to watch there definitely is and again I, even with the lakers being as good as they are as the one seed that doesn't even that doesn't guarantee doesn't anything, guarantee anything because there's a lot of good teams in the west a lot of deep teams in the west with the clippers with the nuggets mm-hmm. the jazz uh, even jazz jazz are very well coached the yeah. question is can they get offense is yeah. really the, the big thing with them but there's a lot of good deep teams and good coaching in the West. The Nuggets were actually my pick at the start of the year. At, really? Uh, the West. Yeah, because I actually thought the way they lost last year and the, the depth with the youth they have, they, they're, they're going to be hungry. But, again, they got to get better as more consistently offensively because they're winning a lot of games right now with defense. But some of hey, the defense wins championships. Right, but you still need, some, need, level, something. You need some level of scoring in the – Maybe. Any kind of basketball. And I say the same thing with college basketball, too. A lot of times, really good defensive teams that have below-average offenses don't win in postseason. Now, I'm not saying the Nuggets have that. The Nuggets have a great offense, but they just 
they need to get to that next level that they were last year, where the Lakers are at, obviously, where Dallas has been so far start the year, Houston, teams like that. So that's the only thing with them. But I think as of right now, it's the Lakers to lose for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well played. you, you got to come playoff time. You got to put the Clippers very close to that. Oh, I agree. I'm, the Clippers have the greatest perimeter defense in the league. With, yeah. With the way that's set up, which in a three-point shooting lead, league can matter in the playoffs. Yeah. So it'll be but a matter of But it's not the same because we're, we're not going to have the, the Warriors that we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to – that would have been a good defense for, for the Warriors, you know, in the, the, the last three seasons. But now – are they going to be able to defend what the Lakers can throw out there? Right. Which is, I can't wait to see. Mm-hmm. Right. No, it's definitely different identities, too. Because, again, not every team is built just to shoot threes now. We're kind of seeing that with the Lakers and the Clippers with the way they've built their teams. I mean, they can if they need to. But well, they're sure. Not, they're I'm not just saying they're not solely reliant on they're not. Their best players, I guess, are not solely just three-point shooters. Right. The Houston Rockets are really the only team like that. But even now they got Westbrook, so that even they're not they intrigue solely me. on the three. The problem is they lack depth. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm very intrigued to see them come playoff time because yeah, the two of them together, I mean Harden and Westbrook, that's going to be fun to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean I I don't know I don't know if they'll be able to. And again, we don't know what's going to happen if anybody's going to make a big splash and come trade deadline. But I I, I can't wait. There's going to be so many stars to watch like. There's so many good duos, you know. It's it's just going to be fun come playoff time. But another team too, another team too to watch because I don't think they'll be this bad for this long because they're always a better second half team. Is Portland? I still wouldn't count them out. Yeah, I'm surprised they got off to such a slow start. They're always more of a second half team though. They're just again really slow. They got off to, but I still think they're going to be a tough out, even if they're say a six seed. Well, yeah, they made it. They made it further than than I thought they would last year. Mm But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's definitely going to be very interesting, but you're right. It's, it's still the Lakers to lose right now. They're And Milwaukee, they're not. They're clearly the two best teams. Milwaukee's deeper. The Lakers are star, more star-driven, but they still have depth, too. So that's the way it is right now. So I would just be worried that the West kind of beat each other up on the, on the way to the finals. And then somebody – I don't know. Who do you think is going to come out of the East? Cause, I, mean, I still obviously, think Milwaukee. Yeah. I, I, they were my pick last year, and they obviously lost to Toronto. They were my pick at the start of the year this year. I just think the depth, they have so many different types of players that can work. Their coach is really good. Yeah, good and coach. I just really team. think they have a good mixture of everything on that team. Now, Errol, Errol says all the time, oh, they don't have a second option. They have a mm-hmm. lot of good Yeah, They I have mean, a lot of good players. It, it's not a big drop-off between their second option and their fifth option on that team. They have a ton of depth and a lot of good players that complement Giannis's game well. And he, oh, my God, he is something else. They don't call him the Greek freak for nothing. They are mm-hmm. just dominating the East, <laughs> absolutely dominating. What's the, what are they, like They're 20? 24 and 3, which is the same <laughs> record as the Lakers right now. Obviously, the Lakers have had tougher opponents, but yeah, they're right now 24 and 3. They're on 18-game winning streak. That's insane. But, uh, 13 and 1 at home. I would love to watch that finals. That, that, would, that would be a great finals to watch. <laughs> Those two going at it head-to-head. Giannis against the, LeBron. The Kareem Abdul-Jabbar final. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> I wonder who he would root for. <laughs> Is there any? Nobody else. Really. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Boston puts it all together. Maybe That's Philly puts it all together. probably the only team I see. Philly, I don't like their coach. 
Brett Brown. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think he's a good game planner, and I, I don't think his system really works. And that's another team that really lacks depth, too, because they spent all that money on certain players. Yeah. And even the trade they made for Butler last year, they gave up a good amount of depth pieces, too, and now he's gone. So I don't know what they really have. Boston I could see just because Steven's system has worked, and Kemba's played really well there. And Kemba's always been a good playoff player, too, with just a, a team that wasn't very good. Yeah, I wonder, is, is he underrated? Yeah. Kemba? He's been I, underrated I think for so. a while. Yeah. He just, I, I, psh, I wish the Knicks had him. Oh, you never know. Maybe the Knicks could make a run at, at, this, at the finals. Uh, which uh, game console? <laughs> I just, I'm so beaten down from all the teams I root for. It's just. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, it's a good thing for the Knicks. They have a world class owner in James Dolan, according yeah. to Errol. <laughs> uh, I mean, in a way, he does spend the money. It's just. Yeah, you, he spends you, it stupidly. You need the structure, you need it from the top down. Right. And the, right. they, they haven't had the right. President, GM, coach. Oh, I I agree with him on that. I I think I'm not saying he's the only one to blame, but you know what frustrates me? Like, in, in an ego, you know, all athletes are are you have to have somewhat of an ego, but especially like basketball, Players there's so many stars. Why wouldn't anybody want to take on that challenge of of coming to the Knicks and leading them out of what they've been for so long? Like, I. I the, I give Melo credit for being the last one to try to do that. I mean, you know, he had the one, a couple of good seasons in there, but like, I don't understand why, why nobody wants to take on that challenge. But again, in a player driven league where they just want to make money, yeah. sometimes that ownership could sway you. Bad front office, bad ownership can sway away from that. Well, could you imagine? Look how many players were rumored to go to the Knicks and didn't. <laughs> but like, I mean, what, what that would do for somebody, like, I don't. I don't know. Name the player. If so, if somebody came to the like, if Durant came to the Knicks and won a championship with the Knicks, like he would be immortalized. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think. I just if don't it understand happen, why nobody he, wants to. If it does happen, he's he'll get like you're saying immortalized. He'll get a huge statue outside MSG. Whoever like, does. How is how nobody wants? Is it that bad? Are they that? Do they have that bad of a reputation where nobody wants to? I don't know. It just it baffles me. Well, the Lakers were like that for a while, too, until just recently. Yeah. And then, they're, How did they get so lucky? Come on, LeBron. Well, it's, it's the companies. It's the, his wife. Well, yeah, it's all that it's stuff. Good. It's his sons. It's all that stuff. I don't think he would have went. I don't think he really went there for, quote, unquote, basketball purposes, even right. though they're just like a, they're a high mantra team. Mm-hmm. But now, obviously, they have Anthony Davis. They have other young players. They have other veteran players that are working with him now, and now they have a great team. So <laughs> clearly it worked the second year around, and we'll see what ends up happening with them. But, yeah, the, the ownership groups really just – I don't know if they matter as much just because it is a player-driven league, but when you have a team that has – in a big market that has failed to sign this many guys, there has to be some merit to it. Yeah, it's just strange. Uh, so, somebody, please, just take on that responsibility. And, you know, it, it would help if they started drafting some quality players to, so that eventually a free agent would want to come here and, and take on that challenge. But, yeah, please, somebody. Somebody, Giannis, maybe? Uh, maybe I don't when, think when, he's when, leaving Milwaukee. I think uh, Milwaukee will do everything they can to keep him. And Giannis has said many times, too, that he doesn't like big cities. Well, I, I guess we'll, we'll – I, I don't know. 
I can't think of anyone else who, who uh, big enough free agent who, who would take on the challenge. And yeah, I, I don't know. Nick fans will be, will be suffering for a while, I guess, <laughs> until they, they until they draft somebody who's one of those guys. I guess we'll be stuck in the cellar. Yeah, it looks that way. They're six and twenty-one right now. They're tied for the worst record in the and East. They had a decent road trip. Yeah, they after did. After the firing of Fisdale. Yeah, they did. Their, their interim coach, again, they, he got some motivation into them. He, he did a nice job against, again, not great teams, but still better teams than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you want to talk about? You, you want to I just have one more question because we're on the LeBron kind of thing. Go for it. There was the report that came out that he's not going to low manage. He's going to play all 82 games. How much do you believe in that? Or he said he's going to play them all if he's healthy. Well, um, I think you could still have a load management scenario, uh, just limiting his minutes within each game. Like, he could still start 82 games, but they could pick and choose spots. You know, if they're blowing a team out, you know, have them only play, you know, whatever the amount of minutes they, they want to do it. Because... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think they'd be smart to, to manage the load, because, especially because of his age, and you want him to be healthy come playoff time. But right. there's something to be said about a player who can play all 82 games. So I'd be interested to see how they handle it. Yeah, because, again, I, I also don't think, too, because he said that before. Like, I don't want to sit games all the time. He said... And he did it the last time he uh, his last year with Cleveland. Right. He played and all, all He was games. saying he was going to do it now, but... As the season goes on, is it actually going to be more believable to believe? And that's why right now it seems like they've gained a big lead on the Clippers now, four and a half games, but the Clippers are also doing the low management in the beginning of the season. So I feel like they're still going to have their phase at some point where it's going to have to happen. How many games it happens, I don't know. But So you think he will be held out? I think he will eventually because, again, you can say that now. And feel like you can do it 27 games into a season. Which, again, it's still a third. It's, it's still a good amount of a season. But it's not something you could judge. If he says that with maybe he plays the first 50 games of the season. Mm-hmm. And he says that, maybe I believe him more. But it seems still a little early for me to be able to have the utmost confidence to believe he's going to do it. Uh, well, Just because of his history. He's one of the few players that I would actually believe him saying that, though. So... I don't know. I, like I said, I, I think the one way around that would be, yeah, he plays all 82 games, but they limit his minutes in some of the, you know, when they play the Knicks or some of the bad teams. That would, that would be my theory. See, I don't know if they would do that necessarily just because I think that would mess him up too because he's never really been limited either. He plays or he, he plays a ton or he doesn't. So I don't know how that could mess him up mentally too for a I player that's – Always playing. He plays 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. Yeah, but, I mean, if, if you're blowing a team out, you know, why, why risk Well, that's different. I'm talking about mileage. judging beforehand. Oh, no. Whether, well, yeah, no, no. Whether no, to I, play a guy or not or leaving you on a minutes restriction. You know there's going to be. easier said than done. There's going to be games that get away where you can. Heck, I mean, you know, you, he, he, you could sit him maybe halfway through the third quarter in some, in some games. Right. I'm just saying it's a tough preemptive thing. Oh, to yeah, judge. to do it beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I don't believe his statement to a full extent. Yeah, we'll see. Want to talk uh, NFL at all, or did, did we cover enough of that before? You want to you go through week 15 and recap? Just we do look a, at the playoff picture? Do, do a all right, I'll playoff play. picture? Yeah. You know what? Do we even need to, at, at this point, like, 
most most of the seeding, not the seeding, but I think we have a, a good idea of what teams are going to the playoffs. Yeah, I think the way where we look at it, the NFC, besides the NFC East champion, I think is pretty much set. I don't think the Rams have a shot now. They no, lost. after that loss. Because the Vikings, well, they still have their divisional games. They're still, they need to lose both of them. And the Rams. It's, just, it's not 100% set in stone, but for the most part, I think the we The Rams know. have to beat the 49ers, too. So that's going to yeah. be another hard game in itself. And the 49ers losing the way they did this week. Yeah, I think they'll be a little. Can you imagine them losing two in a row? I don't know. A little extra motivation after that. Yeah, so I think that'll be end, end up being hard. So it's just a matter of who wins each division, the NFC West, the NFC North. I'm starting to get really pumped up about uh, about the playoffs because I think there's going to be some great matchups. And for once, for once, it it just seems like we're not a hundred percent guaranteeing that the Patriots are going to be in the Super Bowl. So no, I think the Ravens have the edge right now in the AFC. I think the Patriots are the second team, but I think the Ravens. Have you the think team. so? I I think they have a definitive edge. Over I don't the know. Chiefs? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because here's the thing with the Chiefs. They still have some glaring, glaring holes that I just don't know. The run game is still inconsistent. Their run defense, while it has gotten better, is still not They they just added added Terrell Suggs. Which helps. That'll help for pass rush depth for sure. But even even he's not the same run defender as he used to be either. So I just don't know if they have that. When I look at a team, when, it, when you're judging for postseason, you have to have some level of balance for everything. Obviously, there's certain things that win more. Pass rush, obviously having a good coach, having a good quarterback can win in more instances than not. But you still need some level of balance. It's tough to really have a one-dimensional team and be able to go far in the postseason. That's what worries me with the Chiefs, too. Now, if the Chiefs can fix all those areas, even just get a – even get a – slightly above average run defense and even just an average run game. Yes, I agree with you. They could be second to their do you Do you think they're better or worse than they were last year? Ooh, uh, it's interesting. Because last year, I mean, they were a guy lining up offsides away from going to the Super Bowl. Not guaranteed because the Patriots still had two timeouts, but in most scenarios, yes. Now, I say that, I, I'll say yes because, or not yet. Oh, that's tough. They're a little more well-rounded, I think, maybe is the way to put it, because their pass defense is really good. It's improved big time. Which was a huge weakness for them last year. Their pass rush is similar. Their defensive coordinator in Steve Spagnuolo probably at a similar level to what Bob Sutton was over the years, but last year he was just not good. And the run game, since obviously Kareem Hunt got suspended. They have a pretty... They don't have Kareem Hunt anymore, but but the guys that they have do a decent enough job. I mean, just mixing them up. You would hope. And I think if LaShawn McCoy figures out Andy Reid's offense a little more, because he obviously played there, if he gets readjusted to that nicely, Mm -hmm. that could be a secret weapon for them. So, so you, you, you have the Patriots at, at number two still, huh? Just because I think they're still just a little more balanced and they can win in a lot of different ways. Now, their run game hasn't been good either. I'm not saying that the Patriots are flawless with everything, but I still trust just because they're a little more talented, a little more well-coached, that they, they can solve that if it was an issue. Because remember how good their run game was in the playoffs last year. It was a yeah. big reason why they went as far as they did. They ran the ball very well on the Chargers. They did a lot of no huddle on the Chargers to wear out their pass rush in the snow and all that and tire them out. 
Same thing with the Chiefs. They did that, and they dominated the time of possession. But what, they don't have that this year. So, right, I, I understand that, but I still trust them a little more to get that going, in, in my opinion, yeah. than the Chiefs just because of what they did last year and just because of what Belichick has done in the past, especially how many years they did very well in playoff games, how good LeGarrette Blunt was. Like, mm. You could trust that kind of thing. Philly, when Andy Reid was there, had a lot of star running backs, and Kansas City had Jamal Charles. They had Kareem Hunt later on. So they, had, they always had good backs, but when they didn't, could they solve it was another question. Yeah, I, um Man, I just th- there's a lot of combinations of teams that could end in, end up in the Super Bowl that just really excite me. Like I, I feel like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with a, a couple of different uh, potential Super Bowl matchups. And well, the NFC is very deep. That's why. But I I still I I think you could make a case for at least at least three of the AFC teams to make the Super Bowl. Okay. And. I mean, you never know what a team like Houston could could get hot. You know, you, you never know. Uh, maybe some there's an injury that happens a- along the way in one of these games. But I mean, if you could have like uh, the Ravens against the Seahawks, right? The two potential MVP candidates going head to head, or let's say the, the Saints and the Patriots, and you got the two old timers going head to head. You know, they're one last uh, go at it. Or you could have the Packers versus the Chiefs, you know, two of the best arm talents that, that we've seen in a very long time. There's just so many potential match, and I didn't even mention the 49ers yet. There's so many potential matchups that we could have, and thankfully it's like it's not set in stone that it's going to be the Patriots and some, you know, and whoever else. Well, the loophole is going to be the, how the seating works for the NFC too because there's two really obvious strong home field advantages. Seattle and New Orleans, right? Both the the strongest outdoor, the strongest indoor home field advantage. Now, if somebody else gets the one seed, that could twist a lot of things up too. If the 49ers get the one seed, if the Vikings win the division, maybe they get the one seed. Yeah, and all of these things are still up for grabs, right? Like, uh, yeah, because everyone's either eleven and four, or, or eleven and four, eleven and three, three yeah, or ten and four. Mm-hmm. Besides, obviously, the NFC and, and they got to play each other. Like Vikings and Packers still play each other. Seahawks and Niners still play each yep. other. So it's definitely possible where that could change a lot. Mm-hmm. Because, again, Minnesota is not a really a strong home field advantage. They're a good home field advantage, but they're not really strong. Green Bay is a, is a strong one normally, but they've, we've seen them have playoff duds too at home as well. So it's not like it's invincible that they could – all, the, all of a sudden go to the Super Bowl. Remember, Green Bay, when they've gone to the Super Bowl, they've been usually lower seeds. When they're a higher seed, they haven't been this good. So it's yeah. interesting how that would work. So that could be a whole shakeup. The other thing, too, is just a lot of new coaches. Yep. With the exception of Sean Payton and Pete Carroll, a lot of the new the coaches. I'm talking about the NFC. Oh, oh, NFC. NFC, there's a lot of new coaches. How will they fare in the playoffs, too? Yeah, and then you never know what's in I mean, you don't expect it. But you never know a team getting hot at the right time, like like you know when the Giants went on their crazy Super Bowl runs. You never know with the Cowboys or or whoever ends up coming out of the NFC. I don't see it with the Cowboys. I I said this earlier on third. They're going to get a home game. Well, they have to make it first, but well, well, I'm, whoever wins the NFC East is going to get a home game. Yeah, I just think Philly, if they were to make it, has a better shot of winning a game than Dallas does, just because of the coaching 
and they have a lot of stronger strengths. Like their strong strengths are really. Good. I just don't see Philly. Philly's just. I don't know. So, something happened to them. That something. I mean, obviously they have a ton of injuries, but like they almost ran. Didn't they almost run Josh McCown out as as a wide receiver <laughs> yeah, last that's week? Funny. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I don't see how they do it. And the way that that the Cowboys just played. Yeah. Right, but a I lot of those times be... that could lead to a letdown too. So you blow a team out, you're on a big high, yeah. and all of a sudden you're too overconfident that you lose focus, and yeah. or you try to play the same way you did, thinking it'll just carry over to another team. The Eagles and the Rams are two very differently structured teams, yeah. so that might not carry over. And I also think too the Eagles—they're a peskier bunch. They're a good come from behind team. They their defense can overperform at times when they need to. People make fun of their defense all year and rightly so their secondary has been horrible but they played really well against new england they played really well against seattle so they definitely have True. capabilities they, to do it's it like too. they play to their competition because then right. they then they almost you know they they lost to the dolphins they almost lose to the redskins right they'll play down at teams a lot too which has been a weakness of certain contending teams in the past as well but the giants should have beat them yeah so right they play down to teams a lot too yeah. but they can also play to that competition as well and as weird as this sounds i actually think they have a good a lot of good matchup advantages against the 49ers if they were to play against them because their run the defense eagles? yeah their run defense is really good the eagles their offensive line is really good where if there's any shot of containing that pass rush it would be them mm-hmm. and the 49ers their receivers really are not the type to stretch the field which is the biggest weakness of the yeah, eagles but- allowing big plays uh well no I mean what's his name um Mandel Sanders yeah mm. and then He's the tight end obviously Kittle, no Kittle is definitely but I'm saying in terms of actual Stretching wide receivers, receivers yeah. because Kittle's not going to be guarded by a corner Kittle's going to be guarded by linebackers or safeties and he'll win those matchups most likely because the linebackers for Phillies aren't good and the safeties haven't been as good this year but. I, I, Guys like Debo Samuel, more scat back types. I don't see Don't, in that matchup. I don't see the Eagles putting up enough points. They might not. Defense. I'm just saying they have those two matchup advantages where that can make the Niners uncomfortable. Is what I'm saying. It, it, it can make it a more interesting game. I'm not saying it's a guarantee they win because yeah. Kyle Shanahan's done a great job still, and that defensive coordinator Robert Sala that we were uh, that. Uh, Nittens was talking about on the phone earlier. Mm-hmm. I, he's really good, too. But I'm just saying, in terms of strength-on-strength matchups, they have a good shot, considering they have those two, the run defense and the offensive line, because that's a big part of the 49ers. They're really a run-run team first. Yeah. And if you make them try to be a passing team, they might fold. I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, but then, and then they had that, that game against New Orleans. A very high-scoring game, so I, I think they can do it, but I, I can't wait, man. I think this is there's going to be so many great matchups in, in the in the playoffs. I'm just, you know, we're all uh, we're just waiting to see how how it unfolds with the seeding, and I know uh, a lot of people are well, and I have two. I'm I'm most likely unless Kamara has a crazy game here, uh, heading into two fantasy football championship so it yeah, seems like i'm playing against kamara too in a, in a league i actually if i win i make the finals as a six seed in yeah, that one. me too and then my other <laughs> league that i'm in the playoffs which unfortunately is a money league i need a miracle 62 points combined from yeah. drew Brees and jerry cook so we'll say yeah, you never know i mean drew Brees is set for a milestone he tends to do well when it comes to milestone nights 
He's three touchdowns away from being the all-time touchdown leader. You might need uh, you might need double that to to have a shot in your matchup. Well, if th- if all three of them are Cook, I might have it. <laughs> oh, true, true, true. I guess you got a chance. Jared Cook had a nice game before he got hurt against the Niners. So, yeah. so I'm banking on that because Indianapolis does not have good safeties. No, they don't. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we got to everything today. All right, so uh, I guess that just about wraps it up here for the Down to the Wire show. And uh, Errol had to leave the building a little bit early, but uh, myself, Steve from Ronkonkoma, Steve O, Steve E L, whatever you want to call me, we'll figure it out at some point, uh, filling in for the meantime. We'll just go with nickname pending. <laughs> nickname pending, and uh, and Speedy Pete uh, finish it up for you here. So uh, again, one eight seven seven nine zero nine ninety nine seventy seven. You know where to follow us. We're on all of the social media outlets, radio.com, all of that. So uh, tune in for the, the, the next show. Um, uh, the Morning Boys the, be the mo- next show. There's, morning no, boys. there's no other shows today. Gotcha. All right. So uh, thanks for all the callers. Uh, nice debating with you guys, and we'll see you next time. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.